Good morning, North Point of View. Dr. Walter Kimsey's. We're uh, in Victory North, Savannah's coolest concert venue. Sort of in it this morning with Walter all over the place. How you doing, Walter? I'm doing great, Mark. And you? Uh, fantastic. All right, so the story of the week seems to be Evergrande. Been sort of reading a little bit about what's going on in China, uh, Chinese real estate. Uh, a couple of things I didn't realize is how big the real estate piece mattered in their total GDP. I mean, it's a it's a big number. The other piece, and I've read some of this, the aging population of China. Mm-hmm. It's at a place now where real estate is sort of the double down for a lot of these uh, Chinese workers looking to sort of go into pre-retirement, et cetera, maybe creating a little bit of a bubble. And obviously the Evergrande piece is huge. And it's there's a lot of pieces to it, what the government's doing, what they're not doing, what the government did to cause the Evergrande deal, which was mm-hmm. a national policy that limited debt for companies like Evergrande. So they sort of caused it uh, in a way. And now they've got the, you know, sort of the military, you know, keeping down unrest. And I mean, it's just a, to me, it's an amazing story and a little bit of an insight and a microcosm to everything that's going on in China. I'll stop there. What are your thoughts? Well, let's go to the population part first. China, as we know, had a one-child policy. It was designed to reduce poverty because back in the 60s, they uh, had mass starvation. Right. And so they went to this one-child policy. It might have made sense for a little while, but uh, since you, people can get abortions there and they can identify the gender of the child, the unexpected or unintended consequence is that we ended up with a lot more boys being born than girls. So you've got a gender imbalance. And uh, the dependency ratio in China is very, very high. It may be the highest in the world. And since 2016, their working age population has been shrinking. This is why we've been seeing more and more manufacturing slip out of China and going to cheaper places like Vietnam and India. Right. So, you know, China is in very serious trouble. They've, they've, they've miscalculated in their policies substantially. And so with Evergrande, there was a bubble. There has been a long-running bubble in the real estate market in China. And playing around with interest rates doesn't work because the regulated financial markets are not the same as the black markets where a lot of lending and and other financial activities take place. So the other effort was to try to curtail the ability of the large companies to expand. And again, this is similar to the one-child policy that was in there too long. It's exactly what you said. It's triggered a problem. Yeah. So, and and you know, in real estate is really important in China. It's, uh, you know, according to the economists that look at these figures, it's a, a third of China's GDP, which you would expect because being an underdeveloped country, building housing for the population is a critical thing. But then here again is another policy error. Have you ever heard of the ghost cities in China? Yeah. So they went and built cities in places where pe- there were no jobs there and there were no people. And you have these entire built cities where um, there's nobody. It's, it's just- crazy to look at all these like uh, raised ten lane interstates running through these you know high rise you know condo developments. Literally tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of units. Yeah, Google this stuff. It's crazy. 
It is absolutely insane. So I don't know if Evergrande owns any of that, but if they do, their debt isn't worth very much. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so ultimately question and what the markets were, you know, reacting to earlier in the week was this, you know, sort of ripple effect that, okay, you're going to have sort of a collapse that's going to, you know, migrate through the domino effect through China and then worldwide. What's your quick take on that? Yeah, it's good. It has the potential to be quite substantial. What I'm thinking is, you know, China's central government has already told all the local governments, be prepared that as we unwind Evergrande, so Evergrande is dead. All right, it's going to be unwound. There's, to yep. me, there's no doubt about it. Yep. It's just the question of will it be unwound in a ruly way or an unruly way? And this is a big company, right? Four hundred yeah. billion. What you showed me something yesterday? Two thirds yeah. the size of Lehman. Yeah, there were no half the size of Lehman. Half, okay. But Lehman was huge, and right. that was one of the biggest investment yeah. banks. So, three hundred billion dollars in debt, based on what I saw in the Wall Street Journal. So, what the government has told people, uh, the local governments, is to Get your accountants and, and, and advisors in place and also be prepared for, you know, they, they you had some nice euphemism, but basically it was be prepared for riots. Yeah. And you can't blame people to be for being angry. But so far, it looks like the government is understands what the issues are and they're they're gonna try to unwind it in a very orderly way. So that part has encouraged financial markets yesterday. The stock market went up quite a bit. Yeah, bounced back. Know, yeah. The only problem is, is that I don't see China continuing to consume raw materials like iron ore yeah. for housing to the tune that they did before. Big drop. Yeah. yeah. Our, our good friends at UBS, uh, you know, Andreas, he sent me a nice note the other day and said, construction accounts for most of the demand for steel in most of the world. So I see China slowing way down in their construction and uh, I don't see that demand being replaced at all. So there are going to be consequences into the commodity markets. And of course, being a shipping guy, I am waiting to see it impact freight indices, like the Baltic Dry Freight Index. It's still way up high, but I think that's... So connect the dots for me on that. I'm not tracking with you. So how does the Evergrande deal translate into issues in shipping? Because uh, most of the iron ore that goes into China, it comes from from Australia, comes from Brazil. So... And they basically charter these bulk vessels, handy maxes in general, and, and that's how it works. Do you see, bottom line, do you see this Evergrande event having a major impact on China? And then to what extent does that impact all over to the rest of the world and specifically the U.S.? Now, I think it, it is a big impact to China. You know, the, the real estate alone has accounted for an awful lot of their GDP. That's about a third at this point. You know, we have a, we still have demand for housing in places where people live, and we still have excess supply of housing in places where people don't live in China. So I don't think this is a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll unwind Evergrande, but the impact on the structure of the Chinese economy is has got a long way to go, and it's going to unfold hopefully very slowly because, you know, China is a very fragile economy. So interesting to think about when you say that China is a fragile economy. All right. Hey, let's stop there. More to come on this. You got it. Walter, always great to be with you. Hey, take care, man. Thanks, man. See you.